You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Welcome back to the next episode of VHS Gems, the podcast in which we rediscover those VH gems, like our, those VHSs from our childhood, watch them in these modern times with older minds, and decide whether or not they're still pretty little gemstones of the past, or whether or not they should, you know, turn to dust slowly and be forgotten, or maybe even be remade, modernized, and all that. Um, today we are talking about the 1979 sci-fi called The Black Hole, and that'll be me, Jessica, and John. Hello. Talking about The Black Hole, which is a Disney movie, a Disney movie that I oddly did not know about before (laughs) you introduced it to me. Oh yeah, I couldn't wait till we get to this one. Yeah. Although, like, the live-action Disney movies... There was, like, a time period in which they did a ridiculous amount of them, and a lot of them were not that great. So a lot of them, even by, like, you know, Disney people get forgotten or tossed away. And I feel like this is... Although this movie is good in a lot of aspects, like, writing-wise, it's it, but the stylization of this movie is great. Definitely Disney quality for the time it still would be one that got swept under the rug by people who love Disney because it is very much not a Disney movie, I guess. No, I mean, this is dark even by dark Disney standards. Yeah, that's that's a way to say Although it did have Vincent in it, and Vincent was very much a Disney sidekick. But yeah, like if Disney could have designed R2-D2, this would have been it. Yeah, pretty much with his big blocky white eyes with like square black pupils he's just adorable there's no way you don't love vincent and the fact that he is utterly sarcastic was <laughs> just icing on the cake you know like speaking of like animation wise like this or the design for vincent and to some extent bob i guess it reminded me a lot of two other cartoon characters who came later in the 80s mm-hmm. um orko from he-man and the masters of the universe because it was okay. a floating thing that you could only see his eyes, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and also from the cartoon Mask, the one that was about the transforming cars, um, the son of the main character on Mask had a little like robot scooter that was okay. round and that looked just like uh, Vincent's. You, if you saw a picture side by side, you'd be like, okay, I see it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I did not watch either of those things. So, although I do know of He-Man. At least I know of him. <laughs> okay. She- Shira, I'm a bit more. I know a bit more from mainly because they redid Shira and it was 
really great. <laughs> I think Shira had like a female Orcos sort of like basically floating fairy character or like magical character. But that's neither here nor there. Okay, that is neither here nor there. Yes, we are talking about 1979's The Black Hole, a movie about a black hole <laughs> in space. Quite literally, yes. Yeah, in the time in which black holes were still just theory. Although, to be fair, they didn't really prove black holes to like, what, three years ago, I think, they finally proved that black holes exist. Um, they were finally able to, like, see what one looks like. They were pretty much theoretical up until that point. Yeah. The, the picture of the black hole. Like, that was, like, yeah. a few years ago. Um, I don't know. Anything you want to say before we get into the movie itself? Yeah. Um, this movie felt like it was trying to be a lot of different sci-fi movies. It had a lot of mixed-in tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it succeeded at any particular one. Instead, it just kind of, in my opinion, it became this weird, beautiful mess of a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird, beautiful mess of a movie. The weird thing, the thing it reminded me of the most was 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea. See, I was going to say um, Moby Dick. Okay. Which is a lot like 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea, too, though. I mean, yeah, they're both nautical themed, yeah. Um, but yeah, like the just like from a really, really broad form, uh, you have a Captain Ahab here in the form of uh, Dr. Reinstadt. Is that his name? Mm, Reinhardt, I think. Reinhardt. And, uh, you know, his his Moby Dick was the black hole, which he was like determined to conquer, so to speak, you know, no matter what. And it cost him his whole crew, his sanity, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was a genius, if albeit a mad one, because he apparently figured out like all these mathematical equations that would advance humanity like almost decades, which just the amount of research that he had done. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. He that that was where Ten Thousand Leaks came from. Was from Reinhardt because he just reminded me of the captain guy in the crazy sub ship. I only watched Ten Thousand Leaks once, which is another Disney movie. Also, was once a Disney ride. They don't think I don't think they made a ride out of the black hole though. Unfortunately, would have been great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Space Mountain kind of covers it. Yeah, you you get the same thing. <laughs> They did have, I can't remember what it was, like a launch to the moon or something like that back when Disneyland opened. I feel like it was a video of you launching into space or something. I can't remember how it worked, but they did, you know, Walt Disney himself was very interested into sci-fi and exploration of space. Actually, another interesting thing that Disney Plus has is there is a Walt Disney documentary on rockets and trying to get to the moon that was made before we even managed to launch into space, which is actually really interesting to watch to see all these theoretical things about how the future is going to be with space travel before we even actually managed to really get out of the atmosphere. I cannot remember what it's called, but it was one of those like, you know, wonderful world of Disney special things that they had on Sunday nights back in ye golden, ye golden times of television, Sunday night, family time. Um, I, I highly recommend watching too, the Those videos where they would show you in the future, you'll have, you know, like the the kitchen with all the automated things. And like, yeah, I, I liked all those. 
kind of I guess you could say promotional or like wishful thinking of technology kind of videos. Those were yeah. Cool. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of wishful thinking technology, but it also had a lot of like actual rocket launches that were happening at a time that were failing at the time because we couldn't quite <laughs> get how to launch, keep it straight was the biggest thing. So you just see rockets explode or fall and land. And it's fairly, it was fairly interesting old documentary just one of those fun random things that you i find on disney plus all the time because i am always on disney plus all right but in 1979 disney made the sci-fi the black hole and it starts out with a wonderful fanfare orchestra piece <laughs> on a black scene black screen that lasts for about two minutes <laughs> Two and a half. I had to time it because I'm like, what is going on here? I do like that I had started it and I was probably 30 seconds in watching this black screen of fanfare. And I'm like, okay, what's wrong? Like, do I need to go into my settings? Do I need to refresh? What? <laughs> and you had just texted me, oh, hey, by the way, <laughs> there's two minutes and 30 seconds of a black screen with nothing but music. And I was like, oh, okay, this is supposed to be happening. And I just went skip. <laughs> Yeah. Although the fanfare was good, but a, a problem was to started it like a minute ahead of you, like coincidentally. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, calm down, movie. You're we we know you're not a 2001: A Space Odyssey. You don't have to try this hard. <laughs> yeah, because it did. It also had the first opening shot is just of the stars, the Milky Way, it looks like, and then a their space station. The what was it called? Pamino, but. Palomino. Palomino. There you go. Palomino coming in from the side very slowly. And you just hear the people talking about whatever their trajectory is and that they're getting close to a black hole. And then... Yeah, that's a huge gravitational well being picked up by the scanners. Mm -hmm. um, the robot Vincent, who... Um, it's never really specifically stated as being some kind of advanced AI, but boy, does he have a personality. He's got a massive personality. <laughs> I love his personality. I definitely do feel like he has R2-D2's personality. And like that, if like, R2-D2 could talk, this is what he would be saying. Yeah, pretty much. Only I do feel like R2-D2 cusses a lot more, though. But oh, yeah. Just... That is the running joke. That everything he says is a cuss word. That's why he's always bleeped. <laughs> I would, yeah, that's true. I would actually believe it though, because I feel like if I was R two D two going through all this crap with the Skywalkers from the beginning, I probably would be like, "You dumbasses, just over, oh, just why am I here? Like, why do I have to constantly fix me. your problems?" You know what? Kind of tying back to R two D two, he does exactly that same role. Like he he does the whole going outside into the hull of the ship, and does like repairs, just like the R two R two units in the Phantom Menace do on the yeah. Queen ship. I was like, hey, they copied. Wait, actually, technically, Black Hole did that first. <laughs> Even though that seems like it's more mm -hmm. something that would happen in Star Wars. But yeah, that was an interesting little sort of reverse callback. Yeah, it was. And that was actually my favorite thing of those prequels was getting how R2-D2 <laughs> got wrapped into how, everything. It's just like, I was just work. the droid that didn't get shot off. Of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I think if it would have been one of those other ones, how things could have been drastically different. Ugh, if it was R4, ugh. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> His head would have blown <laughs> up eventually. R4. No. Actually, I gotta say, and this is gonna be a tangent, but my favorite droid 
was R2-D2, it might be Chopper now from Star Wars Rebels, because Chopper has even worse of an attitude than R2-D2 when it comes to saving the day. He's literally like, no, why? If if you got far along in it, you may, I don't know, may or may not like um, HK-47 from Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, yeah, no, I did not get far into it. Yeah, it, once you once you meet him and he becomes part of your team, he's probably one of the best aspects about the game writing wise, because he's a droid and he hates mm. like living organisms, but he's right. he has to behave, so he does a lot of like kind of uh, like backhanded compliments to people. I think I do like, remember oh, him actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like he's he's a great character and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it's a different kind of droid that you don't really see often in the Star Wars universe, and it's really well done. Oh yeah. Um, so, yeah, you get introduced to this ador- adorable robot, and then you get introduced to the people of the ship, who are trying really, really, really hard to act like they are in zero gravity, and it is really, really, really not working out for them. <laughs> They're literally yep. just like occasionally bouncing up, just. <laughs> That's... I was like, you can you can almost see the wires with uh, how clear the image is. Yeah. That's another thing we should say, too, is that when unearthing these VHS gems, um, there's got to be a way to change the filters or the settings to blur standard. it up a little bit. Yeah. Can I Get have this in standard? Get that resolution down so to 480. I can't see the truth of these lies, <laughs> please. Yeah. Um, although I will say this one did look really good in HD, though. Like, there were a few shots. I mean, the acting and stuff wasn't that but there were a few shots that i was like wow they really improved this and this really looks really good like yeah there was some matte shots that actually do look really impressive like what to give you the scope of the inside of the ship Mm -hmm. um which we'll get to at some point here i'm sure but yeah the, the whole design of a lot of the um it was called the 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 sickness i want to say was the the captain reinhardt ship yeah, something like base. that. I don't think I actually wrote that one down. Yeah. This and one... I only know that because, like, according to some information I looked at, it's kind of supplementary. Uh, Cygnus is the constellation of the swan, which mm. I think the first black hole was discovered in, or the evidence of a black oh. hole was discovered in. So that was sort of a callback to that. Hmm. All right. Cool. I did not pay attention to that. I will say this is a movie that kind of a lot happens in it but also not a lot happens in it yeah it's a like, lot of walking like said, around it, they throw a lot of details at you about what happened but ultimately it's just about going through a black hole yeah it's 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 pretty basic of a story um so the ship is coming up on a black hole but in that black hole is another ship a bigger ship um, Captain Reinhardt's ship. Um, and it's kind of just going around it, I assume. Yep. From what I was understanding, I assumed it was matching the gravity pull and orbiting the black hole, which I Basically, think yeah. is a possibility. Because if you don't get to, there's like a bubble of like safety. In fact, there's like, there's the character Kate, the one female character in the entire movie. <laughs> um, Kate, um, she says something like, 
when they get closer to Reinhardt's ship, she says it's like we're in the eye of a hurricane because the gravity force stops. Everything yeah. stops shaking and everything's calm when they're near his ship, basically. Another thing about Kate you also learn is she can hear Vincent and talk to the AI. I mean, they don't say he's an AI. I assume he's an AI. He's like an AI before you know what AI was. <laughs> Um, she can talk to him through ESP, through the mind. Yeah. So that That's was... how ESP works. You can telepathically communicate with a robot. <laughs> yeah, but it was that was such a weird side plot and such an interesting thing to me because, A, because at first I thought, wait, is Kate like a really superior android? But I was like, no, she's clearly human. And then I was like, wait, did humans evolve to have ESP? And like, no, because not all the other humans can do it. So then I was like, can only women do the ESP thing? And that's why they have a woman <laughs> on the thing, which no, I'm like, well, that makes sense. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of the first interesting plot points that they never do anything with or expand upon. So I would take, like, if I was to interpret it, what's, what's going on there, I would venture to say on the basic level is that she literally just has an extrasensory perception and somehow uses it to communicate with the robot, but only with the robot. Like that seems to be the only method of communication yeah. they have. But if I was to apply a bit more of like today's sensibility to it, I would say maybe she just has some kind of an interface built in, like some kind of a like brain chip. Like, That's what I was like thinking. The, like a neural link or something and they're just calling it esp just to simplify it or something um but that would be like yeah. logically what i would think is what's actually happening there if they're trying to say that she has legitimate psychic ability but she should have known better it's oh, a lot of things. only to communicate with a robot who is not organic and as far as we know doesn't have a brain inside it's just programming mm -hmm. like what <laughs> Like, could she do that with any machinery or just with Vincent? They, they, they leave it so vague and unexplained mm -hmm. that it's like, okay, we're not even going to bother with this. We just have to accept it. Let's move on. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. They do say later on, like Vincent mentions that, like, there are special ESP robots that were built to communicate back to Earth in some way. So ESP is clearly a thing that robots can do. Or at least his type of robot can do. I remember him saying something along the lines of that. Well, but. I would imagine for robots, that's just Wi-Fi. <laughs> I know, right? It just it's has just, like a it's wireless communication. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, but that's basically it. Um, the ship ends up, you know, falling apart, breaking because of the gravitational pull of the black hole. They decide to go in the black hole because they're like, we're going to save that ship. And I'm just like, if I was in space, I'd just leave but okay. Um, but um, Vincent, and this is where he gets, Vincent goes outside to fix the hatch, almost gets hurt, but doesn't. And then you get that scene where the captain, which I can't even remember his name. I don't remember any of the names of any of these people, honestly, other than Kate and Vincent and Bob, I think. Oh, Maximilian and Reinhardt. That's it. But... <laughs> But the main crew of the actual good guys don't remember any of their names. Um, but the captain, the, the the I would assume one guy was like a pilot. The pilot gets all mad because Vincent, you know, gets untethered. He goes to save Vincent and the captain's like, no, don't. And then the pilot's like, do you have a heart? <laughs> 
And the captain's like, I'm not going to risk you as well, dummy. Yeah. So, um, so you have that scene to establish that later on you are going to get a scene in which the captain chooses to save a robot. Yay. <laughs> yeah, well, because um, I think it goes both ways. I think at one point the robot also saves uh, yeah. the, the pilot at some point. But yeah, so uh, just to kind of round out the cast here in the crew of the Palomino, you have Captain Dan Holland, who's Damn. played by Robert Forster. Um, he was big in the 70s and early 80s, kind of dropped off, and then he got a mild resurgence thanks to uh, Jackie Brown by uh, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, okay. You have Dr. Alex Durant, who's played by Anthony Perkins, most mm. famously known as Norman Bates from Psycho. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, and we noticed that one. I actually watched this one with my mom and my grandma this week. And she was all over. That's the guy with the stabby scene in the shower. <laughs> and I was like, psycho. Yeah, the, the, it dressed like his mother. Yeah. Um, and then you have a few, the, the remaining characters. You have, I guess, sort of a renowned actor for his time, but I don't really recognize him from anything else. Maximilian Schell, who plays <gasps> Dr. Hans Reinhardt. Yeah. Um, he was always a bad then, guy and stuff, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah, he, he has that look like he would play bad guys. Yeah. Um, then you have uh, Joseph Bottoms plays Lieutenant Charles Pizer. That's the pilot. Uh, Yvette Mimieu plays Kate McRae. Uh, and Ernest Borgnine, or Borgnine plays Harry Booth. Now, Ernest Borgnine, I know he's an actor who's been in a lot of things. I can't name anything off the top of my head, but he just feels like he's one of those actors that's been in like a ton of things. Yeah, he's always like a side character role. He definitely has that face. Like, I kind of want to recognize this. But I don't quite recognize this. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure I've seen him in like pirate movies before in the '60s, and yeah, at least he's just one of those people who's been around for a lot of things. Yeah. Um. So Vincent doesn't fly away, thankfully, because he saves himself because he's a good droid, and. They fly by Reinhardt's ship. The lights are off. And... But Kate... See, this is where the ESP, ESP thing kind of comes back. Because I remember Kate saying when they're flying by, she's like, there's people on that ship. There's people alive on... The so she has some kind of ESP. It's just... Well, I, it yeah. looked like she just looked at one of the windows. <laughs> oh, was it that? No, I thought it was... She sensed it or something. I swore she said, like, I sense people on that ship. Oh, maybe that's what it was too. Like maybe I just didn't catch that part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was I was definitely sold on her only having psychic ability when it came to, um, like a robot. Yeah. No, I think it's like an all-around psychic, but it's easier with Vincent, is what I would assume. I don't know though. Who knows? It's not like we get a sequel to find out. Um, the lights on the ship turn on while they're flying by it the second time. And they decide that they're going to land their tiny ship on this big ship in order to repair it because they have some pretty bad problems. I don't know exactly what's broken. Stuff that was, you know, spewing out steam and stuff and yeah, flashing they, lights. They, <laughs> they, they mentioned they needed, like, oxygen scrubbers and a few other things. Um, cause Whatever I guess that the, is. <laughs> the turbulence, yeah. So it was like I think they talk about those in Apollo 13, maybe. I don't know, like some issues but um 
Yeah, they they show up, and this is a huge ship that looks like it's made out of glass. Like it looks like a like a skyscraper turned sideways. Yeah, it does, and it has like the metal rafter things, and just it's so long. It looks crazy. It looks huge and insane. It's very gothic looking. <laughs> yeah, they land on it. It's clearly creepy. They decide to leave the lieutenant on the ship, and they go out into a room like a welcome room is what it looked like yeah there was like a lobby yeah like yeah. i had like a couple of chairs and like a reception looking like area i want to point out too though that up until this point we had spent about well not counting the two and a half minutes at the beginning where there was just blank space and music yeah um it was about 20 minutes of them just spinning in outer space and the camera's kind of tilting and like you would it, it was interesting because like everything looked like it was moving either far to the left or far to the right but vincent was staying like level with the camera yeah so, so he would like, turn oh. with the camera so yeah <laughs> so i was like okay i see what they're doing there to give the illusion that everything is like tilting sideways but yeah that's a little chintzy uh, but yeah it takes 20 minutes from the start of this film until where we are now to get to actually inside the ship yeah. of the, that's that's orbiting the, this black hole yeah. i'm like wow like talk about padding some time here we could have trimmed a little bit of that we could have trimmed a little bit of that because it was also a lot of talking and setting the scene and setting the movie it took like 10 minutes of them just talking around a hub you're like okay decide what you're doing please <laughs> like just go do it please start this movie <laughs> um so they get in this waiting lobby area and like lasers destroy their guns yep and they're like well i guess we shouldn't have brought our guns oh it also shoots vincent too but he's perfectly fine vincent is completely fine with getting like a laser to the chest whatever um and they walk further out as they walk further out four red stormtrooper robots appear <laughs> that's being very generous that is being very generous yeah four these things <laughs> men in metal suits appear <laughs> four yeah, red like, tin men <laughs> these appear. these look a little bit more in line with like the cylons from battlestar galactica the old one not the newer one <laughs> okay all right yeah i guess um they appear and they actually go back to the palomino to go you later on find out they're gonna go collect the lieutenant um meanwhile the other humans they're getting on a tram i guess yeah, it's like a like subway a little... tram thing that goes through a glass tunnel of doom <laughs> yeah it looks like um I mean, it definitely looks like a ride that would be in Tomorrowland that like kind of takes yeah. you through some of those lighted tunnels. Oh, it looks it looked like a lot of fun. Um, this is where you get that like Disney animation creeping into it too, because the tunnel was clearly animated in a way, and the outside stuff was animated slightly, not in a way that looked very overly animated. It still blended in well, but because Disney was at the time really good at doing that, um, but still clearly an animated tunnel in order for them to make it. It still looked cool, and it still did look like it would make a really fun ride. Um, 
probably the movie wasn't popular enough to do that. No, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it bombed if I, we're gonna, skipping ahead a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, they go and they enter a big room with a bunch of TVs and buttons and a bunch of robotic people, which like later on you do find out are actually robotic people, pushing all those buttons and they're not convinced there is any humans on board. And then Reinhardt literally just like, what do you mean no humans on board? <laughs> and there he is. Captain Reinhardt just making a dramatic entrance. I think as Harry says, Harry says something, Reinhardt's always crazy with his entrances or something like that. Yeah, he likes to make a dramatic entrance. Yeah. And then with Reinhardt is the evil robot, Maximilian, who was obviously evil from the start with his big shoulder blades and his very intimidating helmet and his spinny arms <laughs> yeah he's got what um looks like like salad chopper extensions yeah. on his arms yeah. basically mm -hmm. exactly that um <laughs> Maximilian, like, basically tries to kill them, like, instantly, and Reinhardt's like, no, 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 they're our guests. We treat them nicely, Max. And Max is like, okay, I don't trust him. Um, and then they also bring in the lieutenant. The four other sentry guys bring in the lieutenant at that time. There's a lot of talking. I didn't write notes on what was being said. <laughs> a lot of what was being said was not important. Um, just know Reinhardt is little cuckoo. He's decided he wants to... Oh, he also... I forgot. Kate said that her father was apparently stationed on the ship. Yes. I did not catch that in the original opening part. Um, she asked Reinhardt, where's your father? And he's like, he did. And she's like, okay. <laughs> well, uh, I guess to, to summarize that whole exchange, basically it was like, why are you out here and where's the rest of your crew? And Reinhardt basically said, oh, well, our ship started getting pulled into the black hole, so everyone abandoned ship. I chose to stay behind just, you know, to see if I could salvage anything. Mm -hmm. And everybody says, well, the crew never made it back home, and Reinhardt acted kind of shocked. It was like, oh, well, that's a pity. Oh, by the way, I figured out a mathematical formula for keeping the ship, like, safe from the pull of the black hole. Mm -hmm. And I'm close to figuring out how to go through one without, you know, the ship getting crushed. Yep. And that basically is the entire, what felt like a 20-minute conversation between them all trying to figure out what's going on. Yep. And like, oh, also your dad's dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. All and right. that too. Yeah. That's neat. <laughs> you know, she must not be a very good psychic, though, because like you would think if she really did have good ESP, she'd be able to like read his mind or something. Or be able to just tell like, this place is creepy. Can we get out of here, please? That yeah. Or this guy is clearly lying or being <laughs> evasive about something. Clearly insane. Um, I mean, even then, even if you didn't find out what he did to the crew or anything, like he's still a guy that's been alone with robots for years circling a black hole in the world of space what don't trust that <laughs> that's just that's a problem waiting to happen right there basically pretty much yeah <laughs> um so they kind of separate captain 
and Lieutenant, I can't remember, go off with Vincent to find, oh, Vincent and Maximilian, I think, to find parts for the ship. And then Harry, Kate, and some other dude I can't remember the name of stay with Reinhardt for a tour of his energy source. Yeah, once again, I don't know exactly what kind of energy source it was. I assume it's kind of, kind of solar energy source is what it looked like. Does it say what kind of energy source it is? Uh, I don't remember. They basically were very vague about some of those <laughs> details. It's uh, th- That was one of the frustrating things about it is that they present to you these ideas. Like at one point, uh, Reinhardt mentions the Einstein-Rosenberg bridge, mm-hmm. which is a real, like... Uh, theory and physics yeah um, about space-time manipulation and wormholes and all that stuff um but they just tossed the name out like it, it would be like me saying like oh trigonometric functions and calculus and then just leaving it like that like you That's get it you know what that means yeah and let's move on yeah uh, i can tell you i have read up on einstein's theory and nope i still don't get it anyway and i have read up <laughs> on it like three times and i'm still like wait what that's not going in my book, but but um, yeah, he shows that Harry starts to think. I mean, Harry is like the paranoid one of the group that's like, okay, we can't trust Reinhardt. He kind of starts to hover back and try to figure out what's actually going on with the crew. Kate and what's his face? I really wish I remembered this guy's name. He kept on reminding me of Spock, but he wasn't Spock. What's his name? I know I write it down later on, too, because he comes really prominent later on. But he starts to basically fall in love with Reinhardt slowly and all of his crazy theories as he hears them. uh, That guy. Yeah. Anthony Perkins character. Uh, That was Dr. Alex Durant. That was him. Alex. All right. That's what it was. I can't remember all these simple names. (laughs) I never thought of him as a Spock-like person, but yeah, I totally see it now. Yeah, he was just very kind of logic-driven, over-emotional-driven, which is why he fell for Reinhardt's... Like, he didn't read people very well at all. He yeah, definitely couldn't no. read a room. But <laughs> He totally drank that uh, black hole Kool-Aid. Yeah, he he did pretty quickly. Um, the captain eventually tries to return to the ship. He kind of, like, sneaks around Maximilian... And he passes a funeral possession, basically. Yeah, which, I mean, like, anybody who sees that, that should immediately set off, like, a million red flags. Like, what? <laughs> what is happening here? Yeah. Why are like, they mourning a robot? <laughs> yeah, why, why are robots mourning a robot like a human and giving it a funeral and all that stuff? Um. And then the other guy, Harry Booth, which doesn't seem to have a rank from what I can see on IMDb's page, he discovers that, um, I think Maximilian said that he had like just a small little garden mm-hmm. with uh, you know just enough food for him, basically, and yeah. he was like sharing it with them. But yeah. he discovers that there's actually like a huge, huge greenhouse, garden. like a yeah. field-sized greenhouse, mm-hmm. um, enough to feed like an entire starship or something like that or space station they said yeah pretty much 
So like, hmm, that was like one of the reasons up. why he like had to stay behind or something like that because there wasn't a lot of food or or why all the crew had to leave. Um, yeah, there wasn't enough. Yeah. So they kind of investigate a little bit and then they all get invited to dinner with Reinhardt um, in his crazy chandelier room. Which this was where it started reminding me of 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea, like a lot. I I was like, this. (laughs) And I was going to say, too, like, this looks like the interior of like a fucking pirate ship, like the captain's quarters that Mm -hmm. like are overly ornate. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Which is kind of fun to keep in sci fi, I think. But at the same time, you're like, okay, did we just reuse the set? But well, I can't remember. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Disney is known for being kind of thrifty in those those kinds of areas, they will reuse things. Yeah, kind of have to be sometimes, especially back then in the 70s. Um, Vincent does not get invited to go along to dinner. Instead, he and Bob, which is another droid. I'm going to call him a droid because they feel like droids to me. Sure. Another droid. I mean, yeah, might as well. Of the same make that has clearly been like abused because he's like dented. He can't even lift his head all the way up. It's just... Poor Bob. Um, this this one looks like Oscar the Grouch is floating in a, like his garbage can. Like it's all dented it up. And... Oh God! <laughs> yeah, he does look like Oscar the Grouch. Um, Vince and them get invited to hang out with the other robots and what they do in their leisure time, which is apparently play shooting video games. Yeah, I was gonna say um, <laughs> I I wasn't writing down notes, but I, I had to make a specific mental note when that happened. I was like, oh. Robots have downtime. <laughs> yeah, robots have downtime in which they can, <laughs> they can um, practice their shooting, which you find out Vincent does have guns. They just have to be charged. So he like literally sticks them in these charge ports and he can fire up his lasers. Um, you get introduced to the black robot. That's basically all yes, I can say. because. Captain- Captain Star is what they called him. Was it Captain Star? Okay, so yep. Captain Star, um, he's in very distinct black armor, whereas every other one is in red. And he is the sharpshooter of the robot group. But Bob tells Vincent, like, yeah, we're better, though, because I beat him. But he got so upset that I beat him last time that he then beat me up. And I basically have PTSD about it. And it gives me nightmares. And Vincent's like, I'm going to take on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> which i really like that bob was legit the, like these, it really messed me up <laughs> yeah these these robots are very antagonistic like yeah. they even they even show that the robot won't even like a- allow a fair fight like bob goes against him like i guess for old time's sake and then the captain star actually the like shoves him. him to make him miss yeah basically and like Vincent's like I'll take you on and this is where I think I get that that's R2-D2 that if R2-D2 would talk it'd be like I don't like you and just taking this giant robot and just being like I'm gonna bring you down that's R2-D2 like no doubt only Vincent actually says it I'm gonna take you on watch me beat your butt and not only does Vincent beat his butt but he does a crazy flip move and ricochets (laughs) his laser to hit Captain Star in the chest and he spazzes out and dies. He, I, I think he just like flips out. Yeah, like he starts smoking and like starts shivering and yeah. he just collapse, he collapses. Just like he was just so so well beaten apparently. Yeah, so well 
beaten. Um, <laughs> in my notes, it's <laughs> Vincent just straight up shot the black robot. Damn, <laughs> <I could> just, <laughs> this took a turn. <laughs> and then that's when Bob comes up to Vincent. And he's like, "Meet me in the parts storage." <laughs> Vincent's like, "I, I got an in now." <laughs> And we haven't mentioned, but Vincent has a pretty straightforward kind of voice. Bob has like a southern accent. He does. <laughs> He's got. He talks like a accent. cowboy. He does. Um. So while this is happening, Reinhardt is now explaining how he is going to go through the black hole that he has charted a course, and he basically wants to see God himself. That's pretty much what he says. I'm going to know all the things because I'm going to go through a black hole. And I'm like, I don't even think that was theory back then. But all right, sci-fi, you do your mumbo jumbo bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) And he says he wants the Palomino to track his journey. So not to follow him, but to somehow track him. I don't quite understand how that works. Being that light can't even enter through a black hole, which I think we knew at that time. um... Because I guess he had been sending probes, like, near the event horizon, um, and they were coming back. So he was basically saying to do the same thing, to basically track them as much as they could and, like, collect all the data that they could. Mm -hmm. Um, Because even then, even if the mission was a failure, it would still be, like, so much more information that they didn't have before. And Mm -hmm. we also kind of learned just very briefly in conversation that... There's, uh, like, at the beginning, when they're trying to identify what ship it was that they had just found, they do comparisons with other ships from other countries, um, because I guess other countries have space programs that are developed enough that they're sending out ships for colonization purposes. They're looking for other Mm -hmm. places to um, start inhabiting, I guess. Yeah. Um, And uh, that's what this ship was. It was like a deep space exploration ship that just never returned home. Mm-hmm. And basically, yeah, like this, yeah. the information that they would gather and that Maximilian has accrued up until now would still be very useful um, to advance like further scientific thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, he was basically saying, yeah, just watch me, see what I do. And then yeah. once I'm gone, like you guys can go back home. Yeah. Also, Reinhardt is basically committing treason as well because he can go back to earth <laughs> he is actively choosing not to even though he was pretty yeah. much ordered to go back to earth but um yeah he's totally refusing to it was like i don't know if you're allowed to keep like mm-hmm. you know the your government's like equipment like this no yeah that's not stealing that's not, that's not, that's stealing. not how that works it's <laughs> not how it works um Reinhardt leaves to check on his probe, which has just come back apparently, and that's and then you get that conversation with Bob and Vincent that this is a death ship, that all the crew members that are basically in the cloaks and the helmets are actually or not helmets, masks, the mirrored masks, um, they are actually humans that have been turned robotic through yeah. lasers to the brain. I don't know how that works, but that is what is explained um well apparently there's a room with the machine that's specifically meant for turning people into robots mm -hmm. but it doesn't look like it was like makeshift it looks like that was part of the ship to begin with 
Yeah. I was like, why, why would that be there? <laughs> I don't, yeah, it was, that was like suspension of disbelief there. I was like, what is, okay, yeah. fine. Um, Vincent and Bob do get caught by two sentry guards and they utterly destroy them pretty easily and hide the bodies. <laughs> Oh, you have to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they don't get caught. And then Vincent's like, we got to go tell the humans. Um, but they do make a point of saying that, oh, how much time do we have till they discover them? Is it what well, that dep- depends like, on? They're, they're like, what was it? Their they're shift or something? Yeah, it depends well, on their like, shift and what's happening. Bob's like, I don't know everything that happens on this <laughs> ship, Vincent. I'm just one AI robot. Surrounded by a bunch of morons. Basically, scrap metal. <laughs> um. Uh, what is it? They dump the bodies, and Vincent tells via ESP to Kate that he needs to talk to Dan on the Palomino. So he needs to talk to the captain. Well, his captain. Um. And then they also all nearly run into Maximilian as he's taking the pilot off of the probe because apparently the probes were piloted which was kind yes. of a surprise to me but they were piloted by the human robot not human robots people whatever that was um during this time it's now just alex and kate with reinhardt and alex is falling in love with him and he wants to stay with captain reinhardt <laughs> that's what i wrote in my notes it seems like he was falling in love he's probably falling in love with the science of it but, yeah you know but yeah you, yeah, you could read into it if you want to <laughs> add a little extra dimension to the movie. You could ship that. It's it's shippable, but it is yeah. also a boat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's see. The captain eventually. Okay, oh, so, so Vincent tells Captain Dan the truth, and captain's like you need to tell kate and alex to get out of there we're leaving now because this is this is oh no ship and kate's like trying to convince alex to leave but she's like he's he's in love guys i can't do anything about this she's also trying not to throw her hand that she knows all this well she doesn't know everything that's happening like like vincent was smart enough not to tell her everything that was happening initially vincent's just like hey we need to go um And then Kate also says it out loud that, hey, we need to go. And Reinhardt instantly is like, what's what's happening? What's going on? Um, and Kate explains that basically Alex is just not going to leave. And that's when Vincent like tells her the truth. And I was like, hey, do those people are human. <laughs> you, like Reinhardt's crazy, basically. And oh, yeah. he's gone off the deep end. I, I think it's implied that the black hole made him crazy somehow. Yeah, probably. I don't I don't know. We're going to get to the ending soon. But <laughs> eventually, I think. I don't know. But um, Reinhardt decides. He sees what's going on. And Reinhardt's like, turn on the reactors. We're blasting off now. And Alex, like finding out what Kate learned... He goes to one of the robot sentry people that are in the control room, I guess is the only thing. It, I guess it is the control room. It's just really giant. Goes in the control room and he removes the mask and you see a very horrifying face. 
like just black eyes and like shriveled, dehydrated skin, and just almost like a zombie. Yes, it's like very much like a zombie, but an, a zombie that's alive. Yeah, and not decaying. Like like just what in the world? Put it back on, please. I didn't need to see yeah. that. Um, <laughs> that was some nightmare fuel. Yeah. So, and then, Al, and then Maximilian's, Maximilian is like, oh no, and goes to kill Alex. And Alex tries to block his little swisher blades with the book, and the swisher blades go through the book and then through Alex. And Alex dies. And yeah, and that was probably like <laughs> for a scene that doesn't show any blood. It's, it's all just kind of, yeah. It's like you you see his reaction of like these Ginsu blades, this like ninja bullet thing, like basically going into his abdomen. It kind yeah. of then he sort falls of off into. Reminds me of a scene from Game of Thrones. I think it's season three, in which Arya is, I don't know where she's at. She's finding Tyr- Tyrion, whatever, Tyrion Lannister. No, not Tyrion. Whatever, the pop- Papa Lannister, that guy. Tywin. Yeah, oh, Tywin. Oh, she gets taken and the to bucket, Hall. Yeah, and they do the bucket with a rat inside a bucket and light the... That's what it reminded me of, which is just... Yeah, that was... I think that was uh, like midway through season two is when she gets taken there. And the oh, the yeah. rat thing happens, yeah. Yeah, that's that's... Like, you don't see the rat, you hear it. You see the expression on the person's face, and it terrifies you. And now I have that scene back in my head, so I don't know why I only said that out loud. <laughs> but it's just, oh, like, oh, torture now, is mean. I think it was during this scene, too, that Reinhardt says something kind of interesting, where he basically says to, um, what was the doctor's name, Kate? Kate, yeah. That, that she says, protect me from Maximilian. Oh, you remember that? Yeah, so that's where I'm saying she has actual ESP. It's just not great because she knew Maximilian like switched that trigger and was like, "Okay, I can kill him now. <laughs> like, I want to kill him." And I, I guess, but yeah, like, he does it's, block it's so Kate from it, and Reinhardt stops Max. Like, Maximilian's clearly going to also kill Kate, but Reinhardt is like, "No, one is enough." <laughs> take her to the hospital which the hospital is the place that turns people into robots um yeah that's what that was yeah but thankfully yeah. she's got esp which reinhardt apparently forgot and kept her conscious well maybe her esp works even when she's asleep um so vincent knows everything that's going on <laughs> vincent's like dan we got a problem Alex is dead. Kate's going to the hospital. We gotta get the hell out of here because he's already launched this thing into the black hole. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And Dan's just kind of like, God, damn it. And I, I, <laughs> I guess from that point on, it just becomes one big. We gotta get off of this thing before we go into the black hole. And it's 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 kind of like a little bit of a ride in itself because they're like basically racing against time yeah. to try to get back to their ship. Which I don't think they can. I think something happens to the ship, and they end up having to go into the the probe instead. Yeah, they end up having to go in the probe again. Um, that is that is basically the last thirty minutes of the film. Is I'm trying to get off 
the ship. So a lot of stuff does happen in between then and there. Um, but they, they're like, so Dan's trying to go get Kate and they manage to save Kate right before she gets turned into a robot and she's literally wrapped in aluminum foil and it's wonderful. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and then they try to disguise themselves as the, like the human cloak mirrored mask people. Um, it doesn't work out because Reinhardt fig- figures it out because he's watching on the cameras that apparently are everywhere that you didn't realize were everywhere. Um, then you have the standoff of Kate, Vincent, Bob, and Dan having a shoot-off with an entire row of robots which was actually really fun to watch. They do a really cool flanking move. Bob and Vincent flank in from like a diagonal angle to shoot and then Dan and Kate are shooting, which Kate is actually shooting. And I was like, oh, wow, she's not useless. But (laughs) other than the ESP, uh, yeah, ESP thing. Um, So that was fun to see that she actually was shooting with the boys and all that and not just your typical great damsel in distress, although still a damsel in distress because it's still the late 70s um and it's also still a disney movie but um i thought it was a really cool scene need i also say though that this is the same year that the first alien came out and there you have a very different that is true aspect with ripley like she saves herself yeah she does save herself um i did not realize that was the same year gosh that movie is so good um yeah, I just like all my notes kind of blend in together because so much stuff happened within this these last minute. You get you get a lot of like Bob gets shot again, Vincent saves Bob again. Um, it's great. I've gotten really attached to Bob <laughs> by this point. Um, Bob the, decides he can't make it, so there's just leave me behind. I'm yeah, well, you're, you you're skipping way too far ahead, man. Literally, <laughs> so much stuff happens. Because the most important thing that happens is while this is happening, Harry and the lieutenant are still on the ship. And Dan and Kate are trying to get back to the ship. They get severely pinned down. So the lieutenant and Harry, well, the lieutenant drags Harry to go save them Harry pretends he gets shot and um, the lieutenant's like, go back on the ship, defend the ship. We'll get there. I'm going to go save, you know, Dan and Kate. We'll be there. Get the ship ready. Right. And Harry just decides to be an utter coward, betrays them and launches the Palomino without them. Like they literally almost get onto it. And Harry's like, bye, I'm getting out of here. Even though he was the one who was like, we have to do something early on. He was a very much a hypocrite and cowardly, I guess. Um, now, is, has this also been the point where at the same time, like a meteor shower starts happening and it starts hitting the ship? Yeah, a meteor shower had just started happening and will continue for the next 10 minutes of the film little flaming balls a fire <laughs> just that is what it is um what does also happen at this time is as harry is launching the palomino reinhardt had already decided to shoot it down so as soon as harry <laughs> launches reinhardt's just like blow it up and he blows it up and this is where you get well we still have the probe so a meteor shower starts they're all running for the probe there's this really gorgeous shot 
that makes absolutely zero sense because it would not work out because like if there's a hole in a ship that means you're in the vacuum like of the space yeah, oxygen and atmosphere. all that stuff everybody would be dead by 45 minutes <laughs> no, into no, this film like, in general this is <laughs> this is only this is only to prepare you for the the madness that actually does come a little bit later yeah where people are actually in the vacuum of space like with nothing around them except the yeah. black hole that's pulling them in yeah and we're supposed to accept that I, oh, that's okay, okay. That's fine. They're fine. That's fine. Um, Which we did know at this time that was not fine. Um, But there's this really gorgeous shot of like a giant red meteorite ball coming towards them as they're crossing a bridge and they're silhouetted against it and they're running across the bridge and the ball is coming. That looked really cool. That was a cool shot. That was a really cool shot. So like I said, like this movie is crazy ridiculous, but there's like some really cool things to it. Um that was one of the cool shots. They get to fight in the big garden area as well. Bob gets hit there. Oh, this was where the captain actually saved Bob from floating off once there was a hole in the garden area, which they all should have been dead. But instead, they just get covered in ashy snow instead. Um, they get to the probe and Maximilian is there. Bum, bum, bum. But Vincent is happy because Vincent wanted to take that guy out anyway. <laughs> and he, he and Bob work together to take out Max. Bob ends up getting very injured. And Vincent ends up defeating Max by drilling a hole through him. And sending yep. him off into the black hole. Bye, he said. Um, and Bob does the whole don't save me it's okay and later on you find out that bob has to do that because he wouldn't have fit in the probe anyway because there was not even room for kate to have a seat kate couldn't have a seat the captain and the lieutenant could have a seat but kate's got to sit in the back clearly just squatting behind the captain's chair (laughs) just what's happening well it's only a two-seater yeah and this is also where you get the shot of them Climbing to get into the probe, but they're clearly outside of the ship in a black hole, which basically is just red smoke. That's a black hole. Yeah, it's like a red whirlwind or whirlpool. Yeah, Vincent ends up saving one of the guys, too, from almost falling into the black hole. He should be dead anyway, but um, they kind of sort of try to get out of the black hole but they're too far in so they basically are like we'll have to follow Reinhardt's path so they're going to go in the black hole also totally skipped over what happened with Reinhardt in this moment Reinhardt was utterly betrayed by Maximilian <laughs> as well um, in the what, what is that area called the control, control room. room in the control room um Reinhardt, the ship is coming apart because of meteor shower, and then also because the Palomino crashed into it after it was shot down. And a big giant TV screen crushes Reinhardt, and Maximilian is still just like, Well, you're not a problem anymore, so I'm going to go take care of the other problem of these humans, and just leaves Reinhardt there to be crushed by the television screen. Yeah, and Reinhardt's screaming for help, and like all of the other robot human. The hybrids are, are just basically just falling. doing their work. <laughs> just like, 
we don't know or they're just falling because stuff is just falling apart oh yeah because they're they're shutting down getting destroyed yeah yeah so yeah like some some weird stuff that basically this is where the movie stops being kind of literal and then some weird stuff happens yep we go through a black hole and it is hell (laughs) literally It it is red. It has fire. Maximilian's there. <laughs> Maximilian is there, just standing on a rock in hell. There's cloaked figures, and it's clearly all well, the human robot people. And I get the metaphor. I think I think I'm getting the forced metaphor. Yeah. I d- I don't think I like the metaphor because I think the metaphor might be that robots have no soul, and therefore <sighs> they go to hell. I don't. I have no idea what it is. Maximilian. Oh no, not Maximilian. Reinhardt is floating through the black hole now as an old skinny Santa Claus, and <laughs> he and Maximilian bump into each other and become one. Like where Reinhardt is inside Maximilian, and yeah, and that's where you get the shot of Reinhardt, Max, Reinmax, Max Hart. Maximil Max Hart. Hart. Maximil Hart. <laughs> I'm going to go with Max Hart. Max Hart are standing on the rock overlooking the hell that they created. And meanwhile, the probe is also going through the black hole. You get a lot, a lot of dizzying scenes, a lot of shaky camera work, a lot of spinning, a lot of stretching the scene, a lot of do 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 stuff. Twilight well, Zone like. There's a scene where it's spinning and you're zooming in ever closer into Kate's eyeball until it just overtakes the whole screen. Yeah. And it's like, okay. But they sail through like bright light colored archwaves into Tiffany glass, like stained glass, church glass. And this angelic looking (laughs) being is leading the way. This angelic looking being is just leading the way. And they are out of the black hole, and I literally went, what the hell just happened in the last ten minutes of this film? Yeah. Welcome to uh, also what people were saying at the end of 2001, A Space Odyssey, also very similar reactions of, um, what the hell did I just watch for the last 10-15 minutes of just weird cacophony of music, noise, and colorful visuals. Yeah. I I think at the very end it's implied that they've come to another planet. Maybe. Yeah, well, no, they I've, definitely end up somewhere. It's not clear if it was Earth or if it was a new planet. It's like well, somewhere feel, on the other side of the universe. I feel like if it was supposed to be Earth, it would have looked like Earth. This is clearly a silhouetted planet with the sun behind it. Like it's very intentionally vague. Which is what makes me think it's not Earth. They have found the way to another Earth-like planet. Which is what I had assumed. Which is something that current sci-fi also does. Is that in order to find another Earth-like planet, you've got to go into a black hole in order to get there. I do believe Interstellar did that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and a couple other things. But that's the one that stands out in my mind. So, it was good. Even, even like, until they went through the black hole. Like, even before, even, like, all the them not dying in space, fine, whatever. That's just inconvenient, I guess. But 
the going through the black hole thing, I was just like, I guess we're in hell now? And they're in heaven? Oh, but they're not it's, dead? It's very metaphorical, yeah. What is this? This metaphor came very left field. Very forced, very blunt, and also like intentionally vague. So it's like, I'm guessing it's supposed to be, well, what do you think it means? You know, like it's it's up to interpretation, I guess. Yep. Um, but up until now, like nothing really made it feel like it was a movie that was going to play with that conceit. Um, it felt like this was pretty straightforward. Like, oh, no, like this, this black hole is a you know, natural phenomena that we can explain and we can, like, navigate through now. And, no, it actually was very sort of, I guess, metaphysical. No. Of, like, yeah, Reinhardt went to hell because I guess that was the, the that, that was what he was basically looking for, maybe, or what he deserved. Whereas well, the other people, because they were good people. I, I would say Reinhardt's sin was wanting knowledge, and that was the original sin of Adam and Eve as well in the Bible, was the fact Ooh. them eating the apple is a metaphor of them gaining knowledge. This is a very good point. Because knowledge is very anti-God at the time in yes. the Old Testament. <laughs> Well, I feel like it still is if you talk to the right people. <laughs> like, nope, asking questions is simple. Um, you know what, though? The, this movie, I'll have to say, unlike some of the other VHS gems where I'm kind of like, yeah, that didn't hold up. This movie, although it's very dated, I mean, let's mm -hmm. be clear. This is very much, it, it, even though it was shot in 79, Alien was shot in 79. And that one feels like it still holds up visually-wise, like production-wise. <laughs> this one feels like a movie that was directed in the early 70s or the late 60s, just from the style of it. Yeah, this was when Disney was losing a lot of money, too. Because yeah. this but was, the, they were going into was, the gasoline crisis while Disney World had just opened up that decade. Yeah, just... They were losing a yeah. lot of money at the time. I, I think they had <laughs> just had a, a switch of uh, CEOs at that point, too. Yeah, that, too. Um, but, yeah, this movie, I feel like it still has some interesting entertainment value to it. Just because it's such a like a weird little time capsule mm -hmm. um, where it tries to do... It kind of tries to do hard sci-fi, like 2001 A Space Odyssey. And also some of the trippy metaphysical stuff, like also 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's just I don't not feel 2001 like it Space really Odyssey. particularly lands on any one of those things that it's trying to emulate. I don't feel like it was too original. If anything, I just liked the feel of the movie. Yeah. More so than the, the actual plot or execution of it. it. It was fun and interesting. I really liked Vincent. I really kind of liked the crew. In a way, the dynamic, I like the betrayal. That's a good cast. Yeah, yeah it was good. a really good cast. It was, I mean, the writing wasn't great, but the acting was actually decent. Just. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. took it seriously. Yeah, they took it seriously. There's a couple good cinematography shots in it as well. That ending just really threw it off. But then again, I would say. Maybe this should be redone, but the more I think about Interstellar, the more I'm thinking it is black hole. Well, in a way, I, I would actually venture to say that uh, because Interstellar wasn't really a horror movie, and this one definitely had the feeling like yeah. it was leaning more towards something scary. Yeah, that's true. I would say the modern equivalent would be Event Horizon. I haven't watched that one yet. Is that the one that, where Brad Pitt is alone on a spaceship? 
No, that one is much more recent, I think. Oh, okay. Um, no, the Event Horizon came out in, I want to say it was like 96. And it has Sam Neill, Lawrence Fishburne, Jason Isaacs. Okay, uh, Sam Neill was Dr. Grant from Jurassic Park. There you go. Okay. See, see, I mention all the time on Geek's Watch, don't tell me the name of the actor. Tell me the character he portrayed. Yes. Lawrence <laughs> yes. Fishburne was Morpheus in The Matrix. Oh, okay. All right. I do not Jace, remember this movie. Jason <gasps> Isaacs is uh, Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, so it's got a lot of good actors. Oh, in I've it. got to watch this movie. Is it good? This Am movie is it? fantastic. It's okay. it's a scary movie. I mean, oh, okay. it's this this is like if if Black Hole had been made by like John Carpenter or uh, somebody more horror oriented than okay. Disney, then this is the end product because there's a lot of similarities. You have a derelict space station that has to do with like black hole technology. The shape of the ship is actually kind of similar where it looks very gothic in style. Um, mm-hmm. You have a smaller ship that docks with it. Uh, the guy who created the spaceship, you know, goes crazy and betrays the whole crew. It's it's very, very similar ideas and topics. Mm-hmm. And um, But there's also some overlap with Interstellar because they have the exact same scene in Interstellar and in... Um, Event Horizon, where they explain the wormhole, like by using a piece of paper and a pencil punching through it. Yeah, that's the that easiest way to explain it. Yeah, <laughs> the, the exact same visual metaphor is used in both of those movies in the exact same way. But I would feel like if you if you want the the feel good version of the black hole, definitely watch Interstellar, and okay. you get exactly that. If you want the horror version, where hell is literally like a, a dimension that you get to through a black hole. Oh. That is Event Horizon, 100%. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. I guess I'm going to have to watch Event Horizon now. We were supposed to do that a while ago as a double feature, like, but I don't know what happened. I think we just delayed it way too much. Um, but it was supposed to be like a big group watch or something. This was before the times of COVID. But oh. uh, yeah, we were, we were planning on doing, and I think uh, Beth, who is also the resident non-horror oh. fan, Right, right, was right, saying, right. as long as That's we do it during the daytime. <laughs> during the daytime. Yeah, right now I remember. Okay, that was Event Horizon. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe we can start to do that now that we're all getting vaccinated. Woo-hoo. Maybe. But it's definitely... I, I still really like that movie. Some people say it doesn't hold up as much now. But I think it's just still one of those movies. Actually, what would that have been? I was 16. I think I went on my first date to go watch Event Horizon. So that could also be why it holds a special place in my heart. <laughs> That's pretty nice. Yeah. Little horror movie for a first date. Cut one. I think yeah. that's about all that needs to be said about Black Hole 1979. Yeah. It was definitely I worth mean, the watch. Like, I definitely don't regret watching it. Oh, yeah. It, it, yeah. It's interesting. It, it, it's one of those, like I said, it definitely feels like, although it doesn't necessarily hold up, it's still, there's something of value to it. Yeah, there, there definitely is. Um, it definitely, I don't know, it definitely is that sci-fi Disney movie as well. Just very much sci-fi. Yeah. Not quite the budget it deserves Disney movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I mean, yeah. but, but to be fair, I mean, it was competing at that time. If you think about it, 
this was just a couple of years after Star Wars came out, mm-hmm. yeah. which was followed by Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. And the same year as Alien. I'm not sure which one of those two came out first, but they were both literally out at the same time. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, it just, it, I feel like it just got lost in the shuffle with all these other better sci-fi movies. Yeah. That's, that's fair. This is, I guess, kind of like, kind of like the family sci-fi movie at the time. But like older kids. <laughs> yeah, because it was PG and a lot of people, apparently it got a lot of hate mail. Disney was getting lots of threats of boycott because it was PG. Oh, and, right. Uh, and this is when they decide, okay, we're just going to do Buena Vista pictures. <laughs> yeah, then, then they started incorporating more Buena Vista distribution and mm-hmm. Touchstone and all these others. Because they're like, yeah, we can't Touch attach people. the Disney name to some of these projects. Yeah. All right. So, Black Hole. A good, a, a good, decent, good, decent gem. Uh, John, if, if people want to tweet to you more about Event Horizon, where they can get at you? You can at me uh, on Twitter. I am at Magic Bollocks. All right. And if you would like to discuss your favorite droid in general and their possible personalities and things that they would possibly say if they could talk, you can tweet at me as J.M. Bailey writes. Um, you can find archives of this podcast and others at geeklymedia.com. You can also find us on Twitter as at geeklymedia, and then we're also at geeklymedia on Instagram and facebook.com forward slash geeklymedia. Don't forget to check out our Patreon page if you got a few spare dollars. Um, you can gain access to a lot of behind the scenes stuff and a lot of extra content that we have on there as well. Oh, and also, wherever you are listening to, whatever podcatcher you prefer, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, at least. It is a huge help. Um, Until then, always remember to geek geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.